Exclusive access on the Nike Sneakers app. How exclusive is it, and is it realistic for us to think that it actually matters? We'll get into that this week on Fire Footwear. Welcome back to Fire Footwear, everybody. As always, this is your host, Matt Freights. I'm so glad that you are back. I want to welcome back everybody who is returning. And if you are brand new to this channel or this podcast, welcome. It's always great to have new folks in the community. I'm always looking to build out the community. So for that, I thank you. Nike Sneakers app. It's something that elicits a response from just about every sneakerhead out there in this country and honestly, globally, worldwide. The Sneakers app is a very controversial piece of sneaker culture, but unfortunately for us, it is woven into the fabric of the history of this business, and that's just the way that it is. Nike and Jordan brand, they are two of the biggest brands in the entire world, and certainly, in my opinion, are number one and number two in terms of brands within sneakers in general. The Nike Sneakers app is complicated, and it really was born out of necessity in Nike trying to capitalize on the hype that was building and building, I would say probably starting in the early 2010s, and they were trying to capitalize on the influx of new people into the sneaker market, and that was because sneakers themselves were becoming popular as a part of popular culture. And so Nike was trying to find a way to capitalize on that. And in my opinion, they created the sneakers app as a way to get people to think that the shoes that were exclusively, and that word is going to be key for the rest of this episode, on the sneakers app, that meant that those shoes were worth having. And that the shoes that were on Nike's main website really weren't worth having, or that's at least the perception that we were given. The Nike sneakers app is complicated, as I said, and people have very complicating feelings about it. Some people don't have much of feeling about it at all, but I think generally speaking, there is a low level of success or a low level of satisfaction when it comes to that app. And I think what has happened is that the Nike Sneakers app has been misunderstood. I think that there is an inherent flaw in the Nike Sneakers app, but I do think that there is some math that is really playing against every single person that is trying to get access to these shoes. Nike over the years has really heard a lot of complaints coming from sneaker culture, but one of the things that they have done is turned a blind eye to much of the complaining and much of the criticism because they didn't care. The shoes were selling out like hotcakes, which is a very old reference, but they were selling. Nike was making money hand over fist. It really didn't matter. They didn't care about resale. They didn't care about exclusivity. They didn't care about people not getting a chance to cop these shoes. All that they cared about was that from the second that those releases started, they were sold out very, very quickly. And that means that Nike made all of their money. Many of the complaints that we, the sneaker community, have given have finally started to be heard by Nike, and they have started to become implemented by Nike in a way that kind of gives us the idea that Nike is trying to placate us just a little bit. Some of the ideas are good, some of the ideas are not good, but the execution of them is really where the crux of this issue lies. The first idea that I have seen is instead of going from first come, first serve, they have now made it a draw for some of the most hype releases. There are some that are first come, first serve, but for the most part, almost every single shoe that releases on the sneakers app is actually a draw. And while that gives off the allure of fairness, it really isn't about fairness. It's really the same thing because now, instead of having checkout problems, all we have is more people entering these raffles. And we're going to do some math a little bit later on that. 
The other thing that has happened is Nike has been doling out more exclusive access and they have been giving what they feel is transparency into the criteria that must be met in order to get exclusive access. Exclusive access is something that Nike and sneakers have been giving out for quite a while. This isn't a new concept, but I think the transparency around it and a lot of the social media posts that have been very open and overt about the fact that Nike is doing this, those I think are a little bit different. The third thing that we've seen is more quote unquote shock drops. And while they are just really drops that we know about ahead of time, they are still giving off the allure that there is more chances to actually cop a shoe. But there is a lot of information that Nike and sneakers is not giving us that would be very helpful to understand where we are. Exclusive access is not a bad thing. As a matter of fact, the concept of giving more people an opportunity to cop a shoe is a good thing. That's really what we're looking for, isn't it? But what Nike has done is they have put parameters on what is needed to be able to get exclusive access. And while the transparency is nice, I believe that the criteria isn't necessarily fair across the board. At its core, what Nike is rewarding is whether you have bought more from them in the past versus other people. Most of the criteria have to do with have you entered and lost this raffle, have you entered and lost this raffle, so on and so forth. And I really believe that that's an inherent flaw in the way that they are doing this because many people choose to sit out a release for one reason or another. It doesn't mean that they're not interested. It doesn't mean that they're not invested in sneakers. But what it means is that that particular release at that particular time just isn't for them. It happens to me all the time. There's no way you can cop every shoe. There's no way that you can even try to afford to cop every shoe, unless you're some of those people that are on complex. But my point is, not every person who doesn't enter a raffle is created equal, and not every person who enters every single raffle is created equal. There's no way to know why people are entering every single raffle. Most people, I don't believe, are actually trying to win the shoes for their own personal gain. There are a lot of people who do, I do think that there is still this idea that reselling is going to make a lot of money. And I believe that since Nike and sneakers is the most accessible way to get sneakers, and I mean that it's a very notable brand. People know Nike, they know Jordan brand, and they know sneakers app, it's very easy. A lot of these boutiques, a lot of these very, very small websites, many people in the mainstream don't know that. Unless you're a member of a group like Soul Savvy, it's almost impossible to know every single way to cop sneakers. So a lot of people are going to go out and get sneakers via the sneakers app, but not every single one of them is looking to do it in the most genuine way. And just because you have entered a lot of raffles doesn't necessarily mean that you're an invested sneakerhead. Now, it's not Nike's job to decide how we participate in sneaker culture. Hell, it's not even my job to decide that for you. I just mean that when they are giving exclusive access, the reasons that they are giving us as to why or why they have given exclusive access, they kind of fall flat for me because it's really only rewarding those people who have spent the most money or attempted to spend the most money and those of us who are making reasonable choices or maybe just aren't into a particular shoe at a particular time, we're not rewarded. And now it seems like it's very unfair the way that they are giving out exclusive access. The other thing about exclusive access is just because you are granted this access, it does not mean that you are guaranteed to cop a shoe. Once you get in there, it's first come first serve, baby, and you better get in there and get your information in. And you better hope that there are no credit card problems. You better hope that the app doesn't crash. And so if you're not lucky enough to be able to get exclusive access, and then on top of it, you're not lucky enough to be able to cop a shoe fast enough, it doesn't really do anything additional for you. It just gives Nike the opportunity to say, hey, look, this is what we're doing for you, the consumer. And while that is nice, it isn't necessarily the best thing and the best execution. 
But here's where the Sneakers app really falls apart. Many people complain about the Sneakers app. And look, I understand it. I get it. I am somebody who has complained about the Sneakers app in the past. But the Sneakers app is only as good as the people who are entering all of these raffles and trying to cop all of these shoes. Nowadays, not every single shoe sells out. So you have a much better chance of getting the shoes that you want as long as it's not one of the most hyped shoes available. Those are always going to be high in demand, and that's really, I think, where people are misunderstanding the sneakers app. Now, I've talked about this concept before, that it comes down to supply and demand. There are more people who are wanting these shoes than the companies have made shoes, period, that's it. But I wanna go over some numbers to give you an idea, not only how hard it is to get a shoe via the sneakers app when everything is on the up and up, but to give you a little bit more context about why exclusive access isn't necessarily as awesome as maybe Nike wants us to believe. So let's say this, let's do an experiment. Let's say that there are 2 million sneakers app users. Now that's probably conservative, but we're gonna be conservative here because quite frankly, I don't know. And really only Nike knows, but let's say that there are 2 million people who actively use the sneakers app. Let's say that the Travis One Mochas are releasing or having a re-release next week. We all wish that they would, but let's say that that's what's happening. Let's say that of those 2 million people, one and a half million are going after it. It most likely would be more than that, but let's just say one and a half million are going after it. Now, if only 20,000 pairs were produced and doing some research online, that seems to be about how many of the Travis Scott's were produced, or at least that's the best number that I can find. So for the purposes of this experiment, let's just use that. If there are 20,000 shoes produced, let's assume that Nike gets half of that inventory because why wouldn't they? The sneakers app is again, the biggest app that people use to get sneakers. So why wouldn't they have a vast majority of the inventory or at least half of the inventory? So that means that the sneakers app has 10,000 pairs. You may be thinking, well, that sounds low. But again, for the sake of this experiment, that's what we're going with. So that means that if one and a half million people are entering the raffle to get the 10,000 pairs of the Travis One Mocha, that means that you have a 0.7% chance to get that shoe if everything is on the up and up. 0.7%. It is extremely low. As a matter of fact, it's almost so low that it disincentivizes many people from even trying for it. Sure, you're telling me there's a chance, but really, there isn't a chance. And again, that's if they only made 20,000 and Nike got 10,000. Let's up those numbers because maybe some of you are saying, well, what if they make more? Sure, what if they make more? Let's say that 100,000 pairs of the Travis One Mocha were created. Let's just use that number, for instance. And again, using the same criteria, Nike is going to get half of that inventory. So that means 50,000 pairs will be available to the still one and a half million people who are going out for this shoe via the sneakers app. And that ups your chance to cop percentage to 3.33%. So you've now gone from 0.7% to 3.3%. No matter how you slice it, 0.7% sucks and 3.3% sucks. It's just the way that it is. And that's again, if you're increasing the inventory that is produced. As a matter of comparison, it's not all bad. The chance to win the lottery is 0.00000003%. So you do have a better chance of copying on the sneakers app than you do winning the lottery. But the point is that it's extremely low. Now let's think about exclusive access for a minute. Let's again say that there are 2 million sneakers app users, active sneakers app users. If 50% meet the criteria for exclusive access, which really isn't out of the realm of possibility that 50% of the people that use the sneakers app have gone after and lost the raffles that are required for you to have exclusive access. That means 1 million people are going to be granted exclusive access. 1 million people who at the time that, that access is given 
have to get in the app right away and make sure that they make their purchase. So right there, a million people, that's a lot of people, just to give you some context. Let's say again that 20,000 pairs were created and Nike gets 10,000 of those. So that means they get 50%. Now, for exclusive access, they're not putting all the inventory out there. So let's say that they're putting out 10% for exclusive access. 10%, that sounds pretty good, right? 10% of 10,000 is 1,000 pairs. That means that your chance to get a pair via exclusive access, if again, everything is on the up and up, 0.1%, even lower than if you were trying to go at just the general release time. And again, for those of you saying that's an incredibly low number, let's up it to 100,000, which means Nike gets 50,000, which means if 10% are available for exclusive access, that's 5,000 pairs. That ups your percentage to 0.5%. What I'm trying to tell you here is that exclusive access sounds great, and many of us may believe that by getting exclusive access, it means that we will get the shoes, but by no means is it a guarantee. And Nike doesn't want you to know that. Nike wants you to believe that, hey, look at what we're doing for you. And we do salute Nike for doing things that benefit the consumer and benefit the customer. But in the end, much like the Hunger Games, the odds are not in our favor. There are too many people going out for these shoes and there is zero way that you can have the kind of chance to get a shoe that you want that you think you can because the numbers are just not in our favor. Exclusive access or not, the numbers are always against us. And so while this is not necessarily making me a sneakers apologist, what it is trying to say is that no app could keep up with the demand. Even though the sneakers community has gone down a little bit and that hype has really deadened to the point that you can get a lot of shoes, and that's just the thing, isn't it? The sneakers app is making it accessible. You can get shoes that you want, but much of the sneaker community, and I would say a vast majority of people that are using the sneakers app, are not after your general releases. They're after the most hype releases. And that's where these numbers are going to come into play. There is just no way that we'll be able to keep up. There's no way that Nike's ever gonna make enough pairs for it. And whether they give exclusive access to us or not, the numbers game is always going to be in Nike's favor. And now, release of the week. Release of the week, where I like to highlight a shoe that catches my eye that I think you, the fire footwear community, should know about. It's not always hype. Rarely is it hype. It's just a shoe that has caught my eye that I think that you should know about. So I want to take you back to the year 1999. Young Matty Ice was 16 years old. I had just been newly minted with my driver's license. And at that time, my parents were getting separated. And so the genre of new metal, which included bands like Limp Biscuit and Korn, were very big for me because the angst that I was feeling coupled with the anger that I felt about the situation of my family, it really spoke to me. And so the release of the week this week really only harkens back to me as a nostalgia pull, and it is the Corn and Adidas Campus Zero collaboration. I absolutely love these. I'm not going to buy these though, but these definitely speak to 16 and 17 year old Matt. The concerts that I went to back then, Korn provided me a lot of memories and many outlets to be able to get my feelings out. I felt heard when listening to their music. And while today they're not a band that I continue to listen to as regularly as I did back then, but these shoes are pretty awesome. If it was 2001, I'd definitely be buying them. I love the way that they look. They're not quite Adidas superstars. They have a very similar look to them. The thick laces is what gets me. 
But in 2023, at age 40, there's no way that I could buy a corn-associated shoe, but it is still really, really awesome. They release, I believe, on October 27th. And if you're like me and you're a nostalgia fiend and this is something that hits for you, this would be great to have in the collection to allow you to remember the memories that this music gives you. Again, in some ways it saved my life. It was really awesome. And so this is my release of the week because I just think it's amazing. And I just wish that it happened 20 years ago and that 20 years ago, I actually had the funds to be able to buy this. So what do you think about exclusive access on the sneakers app? Get in touch with the show. At Fire Footwear Pod is the handle on Instagram. At Fire Footwear Pod is the handle on TikTok. I like to post some reels there. If you wanna find me on Facebook, Fire Footwear, a sneaker podcast is what you would search. If you are watching this on YouTube, thank you. But if you are listening in audio and you want to subscribe, Fire Footwear, a sneaker channel is where you'd find that on YouTube. I love all of my audio listeners. You are the reason why I continue, so thank you. But if you are listening on Apple, Spotify, or whatever app it is that you use, please don't forget to hit follow, subscribe, whatever is applicable, and rate if you can. Please support the Matty Ice Media Network for all the other podcasts that we have, like Iceman and Coach, which I co-host. Hope this finds everybody well. I hope this finds everybody safe. And I will talk to you all next time. This is Fire Footwear. The opinions and viewpoints expressed on Fire Footwear are those of Matt Freights and his guest, and not necessarily those of the Matty Ice Media Network. Fire Footwear is exclusively owned by Matt Freights and is brought to you by the Matty Ice Media Network.